0: Hi, and welcome back to the podcast of the Book of Mormon. Alma chapter 62 will be our discussion this time. Uh, just as a reminder, uh, I'm Brad Constantine. Welcome. So Moroni has uh, received back the, the epistle from Pahoran, given him permission to go into the city and and uh, take care of these kingmen that are causing such an uproar and not, not allowing... Uh, food and, and uh, assistance to go to the army that's fighting against the Lamanites. So let's get into this one. Verse 1. And now it came to pass and that when Moroni had received this epistle, his heart did take courage and was filled with exceedingly great joy because of the faithfulness of Pehorin, that he was not also a traitor of, to the freedom and cause of his country. But he did also mourn exceedingly because of the iniquity of those who had driven Pehorin from the judgment seat, yea, and fine because of those who had rebelled against their country and also their God. And it came to pass that Moroni took a small number of men according to the desire of Pehoran, and gave Lehi and Teancum command over the remainder of his army and took his march towards the land of Gideon. And he did raise the standard of liberty in whatsoever place he did enter and gained whatsoever force he could in all his march towards the land of Gideon. And it came to pass that thousands did flock unto his standard and did take up their swords in the defense of their freedom that they might not come into bondage. And thus when Moroni had gathered together whatsoever men he could in all his march he came to the land of Gideon, and uniting his forces with those of Pehoran, they became exceedingly strong, even stronger than the men of Pacchus, who was the king of those dissenters who had driven the freemen out of the land of Zarahemla, and had taken possession of the land. And it came to pass that Moroni and Pahoran went down with their armies to, into the land of Zarahemla, and went forth against the city, and did meet the men of Pachus, insomuch that they did come to battle. And behold, Pacchus was slain, and his men were taken prisoners, and Pehorin was restored to his judgment seat. <clears throat> and the men of Pacchus received their trial according to the law, and also those kingmen who had been taken and cast into prison, and they were executed according to the law. So they were executed for treason. <clears throat> yea, those men of Pacchus and those kingmen, whosoever would not take up arms in the defense of their country would not fight, but would fight against it, were put to death. So Moroni, even then, is giving them an opportunity that if they would repent and fight against uh, the Lamanites, then they would be, be set free. But these persons uh, were so bent on, on control and power that they uh, were put to death because of their disobedience. Verse 10, and thus it became expedient that this law should be strictly observed for the safety of their country, yea, and whosoever was found denying their freedom was speedily executed according to the law. One might ask, why compel men to fight or be executed? The answer is simple. Treason is a serious offense. Pachus and his men were committed to the overthrow of Nephite freedom. To permit to live men who insisted on using the sword to destroy the very thing Moroni's soldiers were fighting and dying for, to preserve, would be treason to the God-inspired cause of liberty. This neither Moroni nor Pahoran would do. Verse 11, and thus ended the 30th year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi, Moroni and Pehoran having restored peace to the land of Zarahemla among their own people, having inflicted death upon all those who were not true to the cause of freedom. And it came to pass in the commencement of the thirty and first year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi, Moroni immediately caused that provisions should be sent, and also an army of 6,000 men should be sent unto Helaman to assist him in preserving that part of the land. And he also caused that an army of 6,000 men with a sufficient quantity of food should be sent to the armies of Lehi and Teancum, and it came to pass that this was done to fortify the land against the Lamanites. And it came to pass that Moroni and Pehoran, leaving a large body of men in the land of Zarahemla, took their march with a large body of men towards the land of Nephiha, being determined to overthrow the Lamanites in that city. And it came to pass that as they were marching towards the land, they took a large body of men of the Lamanites and slew many of them and took their provisions and their weapons of war. And it came to pass after they had taken them, they caused them to enter into a covenant that they would no more take up their weapons of war against the Nephites. And when they had entered into this covenant, they sent them to dwell with the people of Ammon, and they were in number about 4,000 who had not been slain. The Nephites seemed to have a capacity to forgive their enemies if they will promise not to hurt them any more. Boy, I don't think the Lamanites wouldn't do that, I'm sure. Verse 18, And it came to pass that when they had sent them away, they pursued their march towards the land of Nephiha. And it came to pass that when they had come to the city of Nephiha, they did pitch their tents in the plains of Nephiha, which is near the city of Nephiha. I wonder if this was near the city of Nephiha. Now Moroni was desirous that the Lamanites should come out to battle against them. Upon the plains, but the Lamanites, knowing of their exceedingly great courage, and beholding the greatness of their numbers, therefore they durst not come out against them. Therefore they did not come to battle in that day. And when the night came, Moroni went forth in the darkness of the night, and came upon the top of the wall to spy out in what part of the city the Lamanites did camp with their army. And it came to pass that they were on the east by the entrance, and they were all asleep. I wonder what happened to the guards. And now Moroni returned to his army, and caused that they should prepare in haste strong cords and ladders to be let down from the top of the wall into the inner part of the wall. And it came to pass that Moroni caused that his men should march forth and come upon the top of the wall, and let themselves down into that part of the city, yea, even on the west, where the Lamanites did not camp with their armies. And it came to pass that they were all let down into the city by night by the means of their strong cords and their ladders. Thus, when the morning came, they were all within the walls of the city." I, I'm assuming, too, that the Lamanites are pretty sound sleepers. And now when the Lamanites awoke and saw that the armies of Moroni were within the walls, they were ex- they were affrighted exceedingly, insomuch that they did flee out by the pass. I wonder why the Nephites didn't block the pass so they couldn't get out. Hmm. And now when Moroni saw that they were fleeing before him, he did cause that his men should march forth against them, and slew many, and surrounded many others, and took them prisoners, and the remainder of them fled into the land of Moroni, which was in the borders by the seashore. I'm wondering if they ran away if they didn't run with their weapons, because it seems like they probably took off without thinking about that. Thus had Moroni and Pahoran obtained the possession of the city of Nephi-hal without the loss of one soul, and there were many of the Lamanites who were slain. Now it came to pass that many of the Lamanites that were prisoners were desirous to join the people of Ammon and become a free people. Duh. And it came to pass that as many as were desirous unto them, it was granted according to their desires. These are repenting Lamanites. They probably didn't want to fight in the first place. So now they get to live among the Ammonites, the people that... uh, are members of the church. Therefore all the prisoners of the Lamanites did join the people of Ammon, and did begin to labor exceedingly, tilling the ground, raising all manner of grain, and flocks and herds of every kind, and thus were the Nephites relieved from a great burden, yea, insomuch that they were relieved from all the prisoners of the Lamanites. Now it came to pass that Moroni, after he had obtained possession of the city of Nephi, having taken many prisoners, which did, which did reduce the armies of the Lamanites exceedingly, and having regained many of the Nephites' who had been taken prisoners, which did strengthen the army of Moroni exceedingly. Therefore Moroni went forth from the land of Nephiha to the land of Lehi. And it came to pass that when the Lamanites saw that Moroni was coming against them, they were again frightened and fled before the army of Moroni. And it came to pass that Moroni and his army did pursue them from city to city until they were met by Lehi and Teancum. And the Lamanites fled from Lehi and Teancum, even down upon the borders by the seashore, until they came to the land of Moroni. And the armies of the Lamanites were all gathered together insomuch that they were all in one body in the land of Moroni. Now Amaron, the king of the Lamanites, was also with them. And it came to Pat- and We haven't heard from him for a while. I guess he was hiding out. And it came to pass that Moroni and Lehi and Teancum did encamp with their armies round about in the borders of the land of Moroni, insumites that the Lamanites were encircled about in the borders by the wilderness on the south and in the borders by the wilderness on the east. And thus they did encamp for the night, for behold, the Nephites and the Lamanites were all, also were weary because of the greatness of the march. Therefore they did not resolve upon any stratagem in the night time, save it were Teancum, here goes Teancum again. For he was exceedingly angry. Notice his anger this time. He did kill uh, Amalickiah. doesn't say he was angry, but this time it says he was angry. <clears throat> With Amoron, insomuch that he considered that Amoron and Amalickiah, his brother, had been the cause of this great and lasting war between them and the Lamanites, which, he had, which had been the cause of so much war and bloodshed, yea, and so much famine. And it came to pass that Teancum in his anger did go forth into the camp of the Lamanites and did let himself down over the walls of the city. And he went forth with a cord from place to place insomuch that he did find the king and he did cast a javelin at him which did pierce him near the heart. But behold, the king did awaken his servants before he died insomuch that they did pursue Teancum and slew him. So this wasn't exactly what Teancum had planned. I can't figure out what he did with the cord. I guess the cord was to help him get back over the wall. He went forth with the cord. Uh, Was he thinking about strangling him? I don't know. But he threw a javelin at him. Uh, Probably wasn't his best idea. The other times that Teancum killed the leader of the Lamanites, the record did not state that he was angry. Here it says that Teancum did this out of anger. Maybe this is the reason that Teancum died in doing this. Um, He was so angry with him. And now it came to pass that when Lehi and Moroni knew that Teancum was dead, they were exceedingly sorrowful. For behold, he had been a man who had fought valiantly for his country, yea, a true friend to liberty. And he had suffered very many exceedingly sore afflictions. But behold, he was dead and had gone the way of all the earth. Now it came to pass that Moroni marched forth on the morrow and called and came upon the Lamanites, insomuch that they did slay them with a great slaughter. And they did drive them out of the land, and they did flee, even that they did not return at that time against the Nephites. Remember, they just lost their king again. And thus ended the thirty and first year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi. And thus they had had wars and bloodsheds and famine and afflictions for the space of many years. And there had been murders and contentions and dissensions and all manner of iniquity among the people of Nephi. Nevertheless, for the righteous sake, yea, because of the prayers of the righteous, they were spared. President Kimball said, there are many upright and faithful who live all the commandments and whose lives and prayers keep the world from destruction. Verse 41 But behold, because of the exceedingly great length of the war between the Nephites and the Lamanites, many had become hardened because of the exceedingly great length of the war, and many were softened because of their afflictions, insomuch that they did humble themselves before God, even in the depth of humility. War is a horrible thing, and it does a lot of bad things to people, and sometimes these are things that we can't really help. Elder Oakes said Great adversities are not without some eternal purpose or effect. They can turn our hearts to God. Such large-scale adversities as natural disasters and wars seem to be inherent in the mortal experience. We cannot entirely prevent them, but we can determine how we will react to them. For example, the adversities of war and military service, which have been the spiritual destruction of some, have been the spiritual awakening of others. The Book of Mormon describes that contrast. I read of a similar contrast after the devastating hurricane that destroyed thousands of homes in Florida some years ago. A news account quoted two different persons who had suffered the same tragedy and received the same blessing. Each of their homes had been totally destroyed, but each of their family members had been spared death or injury. One said that this tragedy had destroyed his his faith. How, he asked, could God allow this to happen? The other said that the experience had strengthened his faith. God had been good to him, he said. Though the family's home and possessions were lost, their lives were spared, and they they could rebuild the home. For one, the glass was half empty, the other, the glass half full. The gift of moral agency empowers each of us to choose how we will react when we suffer adversity. Verse 42, And it came to pass that after Moroni had fortified those parts of the land which were most exposed to the Lamanites until they were sufficiently strong, he returned to the city of Zarahemla and also Helaman, returned to the place of his inheritance, and there was once more peace established among the people of Nephi. And Moroni yielded up the command of his armies into the hands of his son, whose name was Moroniha, and he retired to his own house that he might spend the remainder of his days in peace. This is very similar to George Washington, who following his tenure as President of the United States, retired to his home in Mount Vernon. Although many people had wanted him to remain President longer, he knew he should retire. Verse 44, And Prehorin did return to his judgment seat, and Helaman did take, a, take upon him again to preach unto the people the word of God. For because of so many years and contentions, it had become expedient that a regulation should be made again in the church. Therefore Helaman and his brethren went forth and did declare the word of God with much power under the convincing of many people of their wickedness, which did cause them to repent of their sins and to be baptized unto the Lord their God. And it came to pass that they did establish again the church of God throughout all the land. Yea, and regulations were made concerning the law and their judges and their chief judges were chosen. And the people of Nephi began to prosper again in the land and began to multiply and to wax exceedingly strong again in the land. And they began to grow exceedingly rich, but notwithstanding their riches or their strength or their prosperity. They were not lifted up in the pride of their eyes, neither were they slow to remember the Lord their God. But they did humble themselves exceedingly before him. Yea, they did remember how great things the Lord had done for them, that he had delivered them from death, and from bonds, and from prisons, and from all manner of afflictions, and he had delivered them out of the hands of their enemies. And they did pray unto the Lord their God continually, insomuch that the Lord did bless them, according to his word, so that they did wax strong and prosper in the land. And it came to pass that all these things were done, and Helaman died in the 30 and fifth year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi. So this is around 57 BC now when Helaman passes away, and uh, this is the end of the the battles that they've had with the Lamanites, at least for a while. Uh, We'll have another one in the next chapter, but uh, a brief one. I bear testimony that this is translated material and that uh, the Book of Mormon is true, and I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. See you in the next podcast. Bye.